0: Welcome to Powered by, by magic, magic,
1: where we discuss
0: topics surrounding magic and common, or not so common, questions.
1: Let's take this journey
0: together. Hi, I'm Tatiana. And I'm Sylvia. And we are coming to you from Eugene, Oregon. We invite you to conjure up a broom and ride with us. How are you today? Tired. <laughs> <laughs> we both are. Yes,
1: tired. Even after a nap, I'm tired. <laughs> um, doing great. Other than that, and good to be back home. Was gone for a little bit, two weeks. That's why we paused our show for one episode. Mm-hmm. Got to go see my friend that I've known since second grade, which was really awesome. We had to do some work ah. at her house. She just moved, so I was helping her out with that. And it's good to be back home with my cats. And mm-hmm. I missed them. They missed me.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then, of course, after being home a week, I go straight into house-sitting, so pet-sitting. So, there you have it. Yep. <laughs> that that surmises me pretty
0: easily. Yep. What about you? Uh, doing pretty good. I've had, haven't had a very eventful couple of weeks, but... That's because you didn't have me. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> It was busy. Right. B- week before last was busy, but this week has been very nice. Uh, I've been doing stuff on ESO. I've been. I'm going to run a one shot TTRPG on the 26th for friends, and that's going to be fun. It's called The Broken Tales. Nice. Yeah. It's, you basically take a fairy tale and you break it and then you wander through it as an investigator i think you've mentioned this yeah very cool sounds cool and then otherwise not much at all okay i guess that means we just dive right in yep i think so all right you start off yes the witch's cauldron the witch's cauldron is one of the witch's tools it's not a must-have but features heavily in media with witches Cauldrons can come in copper, cast iron, pewter, and a host of other materials, depending on the use of the cauldron. Cauldrons actually date back all the way to the Bronze Age, which is 3300 BC to 1200 BC. So they have been around a very long time. Often nowadays, when it comes to magic, they are used for making black salt, burning papers with spells on them, burning incense, or mixing herbs i just learned about black salt the other day i never knew about it yeah oh interesting
1: never had heard of it until just the other day
0: huh the cauldron is associated with the north and earth and can easily stand in for that on your altar it also corresponds to the womb and as such is an object of creation as well as a place of transformation it takes all of the ingredients you put into it and makes something new whether that's a stew, an herbal concoction, or something else, that is a part of its power. Very cool. Thank you for that. Do you know what black salt is? Can you tell us what that is? If I remember right, it's used for banishing. It's uh, salt mixed with ashes. Yeah, that's what I had heard. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, thank you. for. Mm-hmm. I heard part of that the ashes are
0: you know a really cool way to do it is ashes from previously done magic yeah previous spells and such yeah, yeah so that's, that's... i've also heard incense used
1: mm, yeah that would be cool yeah Very cool hmm. all right i'm going to dig in with the windsor witches ooh yeah let's let's uh, weave a, the weep let's weave a web today for the Windsor witches. In Oxfordshire, England, four women were accused of having used witchcraft to put some prominent people to death. All of the victims, in quotes, were well-known citizens of Windsor. These women were put to death on February 28, 1579. Now there are two different dates that were given that I researched. One was February 26th and one was the 28th. I decided Mm. to go with the 28th. I don't know which one's accurate. Yeah. One of the women who gave an account of her wrongdoings was Elizabeth Stiles, otherwise known as Elizabeth Rockingham, which was her maiden name before she married John Stiles on September 1st, 1572. There were three other women who were only mentioned as Mother Devil Mother Margaret, and Mother Dutton. These women were all elderly, poor, one whom was crippled, and lived in an almshouse. Now, an almshouse is a house built originally by a charitable person or organization for poor people to live in, and I got that from the Apple Dictionary. Two pamphlets exist as an account of the occurrence. One was given by Elizabeth herself through her confession, It was done in march of 1579 known as a rehearsal both strong and true not long thereafter the second pamphlet came out called and this is a long one a brief treatise containing the most strange and horrible cruelty of elizabeth sewell alias rockingham and her confederates executed at abington upon richard gallus
0: one heck of a pamphlet name right oh that was a lot to say the name is longer than the pamphlet
1: right the second one may have been quote unquote a first person account of the son of one of the victims whose father had passed the son had reason to believe these women were to blame and were witches mother dutton had a dispute with mayor richard gallus it was not long after, I imagine, that Gallus's younger brother took ill and later went insane. My understanding is that he, in fact, recovered. Nevertheless, Gallus took her to prison in Windsor, where he wanted her to be held. The jailers there had not been instructed to receive the prisoner, and therefore was denied admittance. She was released. In 1578, three wax dollies were found with pig's bristles in their hearts, and thought to be representations of two of Queen Elizabeth's privy councillors and of the Queen herself. A connection was made to the women of Windsor, because similar dolls had been discovered in their possession. The Justice of the Peace, Sir Henry Neville, was made to determine whether these women were behind a plot to kill the Queen and her privy councillors, through the use of image magic, which is a magic based on the belief that like affects like. Richard Gallus, Sr. was likely all too happy to take all four accused women to Windsor Castle to be questioned. After being made to attend, first, a public church service, I'm sure to shun them, Mm -hmm. then they were sent to reading for trial. Now, a person having a familiar, which is a companion animal often embodied with a spirit to help attend to or guard a person with whom they live, automatically labeled a person as being a witch. Each of the women had been said to have a familiar. Mother Dutton, a toad. Mother Devil, a black cat called Jill. Mother Margaret, a kitten named Jenny. Jenny and Elizabeth, a rat called Philip. All interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, 65-year-old Elizabeth made her confession to the charges and admitted to other witchcraft crimes against a Farmer Langford, Langford's maid, two butchers, and Richard Gallis. What she said implicated the other women, to which led to their conviction, and were put to death as well, despite their re- refusal to confess. The doll's used, were hand-spun by Mother Dutton and said to have had pins fatally placed on their left sides. Part of her confession included a relationship to a Father Rosamond from Farnham Royal. He was not, however, a priest despite the title. He was said to have traveled to Windsor with his daughter to meet with these women to discuss doing harm to various persons within the town. It's curious that neither he nor his daughter were ever brought to trial. The four women were all hanged in Abingdon on February 28, 1579. Some of the accounts here and said above are in question because of where they originated, but it was mostly accurate based on, you know, the best that anyone currently knows that to this day. hmm uh, again, they really question the one that's the first-hand account from the sun because he's going to be a bit tainted with his view. Yeah. But that's, that's the Windsor witches. Okay. How about you tell us about Norse magic history?
0: Yeah. There were many ways that magic was practiced in the Nordic culture. Nordic culture in the Iron Age was prevalent in what is now the coast of Norway, Sweden, Denmark, the coast of Germany, and possibly some of the Polish coast. The Iron Age ran from 500 BC to 1 BC. The most well-known form of magic from this time period is called Seder. Seder was a practice of magic that was mainly for women. It was considered, at least in the time of Christianization, to be unmanly. Part of it was that it possibly required the wearing of women's clothes and using women's tools. Unfortunately, much of the original stories and myths of the North culture in general were lost to time. And it's more of the, not the stories so much as the rituals. We're lost to time and all we have are the Christianized versions. Which, yeah, mm-hmm. is unfortunate, but that's yeah. what we have. Yeah. That's not to say we can't get good information from them, just that we need to be careful about how we read and interact with the texts. That's so true throughout history. It really is. Seder was very much about divination and knowing what your fate was. There was also a connection to the spinning of yarn. Because of this, or maybe the other way around, the Norns, or Fates as we know them now, are associated with Seder. Or Seder. The Norns were three women who harvested, spun, and wove your fate into the fabric of life. So they knew everyone's fates, including the gods. They were named Erd, Verdandi, and Skuld, possibly meaning past, present, and future, respectively. Seder was also about messing with people's minds, making them forget, remember, or muddling their thoughts. There is one story where a woman practices satyr to keep soldiers from finding her son sitting in plain sight. Unfortunately, each time after the soldiers left, they realized they'd been duped. So they finally found another Seder pr- practitioner who didn't like the mother, and both the mother and son were unfortunately killed. Mm. But it's just, it's a story, so. Mm-hmm. Runes also come from Norse culture. Though if runes were used for divination and magic, then, as they are today, there is little evidence for it. Most well-known is the Elder Futhark, so named for the first row of runes. It is a collection of 24 letters, or runes, each one with its own meaning. Some meanings are agreed on, others not so much. All in all, a very interesting system of magic that may be more modern than the runes themselves. Going back in this topic a little bit, one cannot forget that the mythologies were preserved, at least somewhat. Prose Edda was written by Snorri Sturluson around 1220 CE. It's written in four sections, each with their own topics. It is the most complete collection of Norse mythology we have so far. Part of the reason it is now called the Prose Edda, and not just the Edda, is to differentiate it from the Poetic Edda. Poetic Edda is a collection of narrative poems with no known author, but with older content than the Prose Edda. It also includes the Havamal, which is a collection of, like, sayings and short stories um, of Odin and other things. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I listened to it. Cool. It has been attributed to Sæmundr the Learned by Bishop Brynjolfur. But that is currently disputed by many current scientists. It didn't look like he was actually the one who did it or wrote it. It was just this guy who was a fairly big person in the history of the poetic Edda thought that this was that same under was the one that did it. Mm -hmm. It comes from the Codex Regius, which was written in the 13th century, and originally came from Iceland and was sent to a Danish king by Bishop Brynjolfur. Some of the old Norse mythologies are still with us today and mentions of Seder are still being found. As it is, we have to piece together the culture from what we still have of it. Yeah, and it's very popular. It is. Um, is. You've got a satru, you've got heathens, um, there's several other groups that follow the North mytho- Norse mythologies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. So shall we go to Tarot? Yeah, let's let's give it a whirl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Today has been a little rough since we have. Not done this in a couple of weeks, Mm -hmm. and I'm definitely rusty, so there's a lot of
0: bumps in this episode here. And neither one of us slept particularly well last night. Yeah, so
1: we're having our excuses as to why this isn't the (laughs) best version of ourselves. Anyway, the Tarot. The Nine of Swords is what I pulled. Is what you know getting you into trouble? Are you feeling threatened? Today there is a call to wake up and see clearly what we're up against. We might be feeling particularly anxious or worried. It's time to figure out the whys of these fears and to get to the root of the problem. Are these perceived or are they real? Perception is an important piece of anxiety. It's a matter of the lens through which we view our concerns. How can we get out of our own way and see what is real or what is not? Perhaps a part of it is the drive to be in control for whatever reason. What is the cause of that persistent desire that keeps us from relaxing? There are more questions than answers here today, but sometimes that's how it goes. This card wants us to ask the shadow work questions, to look inwards. What is it that causes us to feel hopeless or to worry? Is there past trauma that needs to be looked at? We all have some kind of trauma that drives us and our actions. The more we work on these, the less control they hold over us.
0: Mm. Very true. Well, thank you very much.
1: Yeah, thank you everybody for putting up with us today. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And listening all the way through. We really appreciate that.
0: Yes, thank you. Please rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you found us. I'm Tatiana saying goodbye for now. And I'm Sylvia saying so long, and thank you for writing with us. This has
1: been Powered by by Magic. Magic. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.